Hey guys, today on the podcast, I've got William Billy Slater, also known as Billy the Kid. He's played his career at Melbourne Storm, played for the Queensland Maroons, and won World Cups with the Australian Kangaroos. He's captain Queensland, and he's been a one-club man at Melbourne. He's won premierships, he's won World Cups, he's won Origin Series, he's captained the Origin side. He's won Dalier medals, he's won two Clive Churchills. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Um, well, Max, to be to be honest, I, I wanted to be a rugby league player. Um, I grew up in a rugby league family in a rugby league area. Um, my my father played and coached all my childhood, and I grew up in a, a little place called Innisfail, which is in far north Queensland. Um, it's about an hour's drive south of Cairns, and it was it was dead set a rugby league area. If you were a kid, that's what you did when you on the weekends you played footy. Um, so yeah, I. I idolised Alan Langer when I was growing up and all I wanted to do was, was play for Queensland. That's that's not a Queensland jersey you're wearing there, is it, Max? Yeah, yeah beauty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud. Good on you, mate. Yeah. Oh, what was your team support? What team did you support in the NRL when you were a kid? Yeah, well, when I was a young fella, being a Queenslander, I, I loved the Broncos. Um, obviously, so many Queenslanders played for the Broncos. And, and then in 1995, uh, the Cowboys came into the competition and, and they were the closest NRL team to where I lived. And so I started supporting the Cowboys um, from 1995. And, um, but, but I just loved rugby league. Um, obviously, the Canberra Raiders were a pretty um, red-hot side back when I was growing up. And the likes of Laurie Daly and Mel Meninga and Ricky Stewart you know, obviously, it's it's easy to follow the teams that are doing well and the teams with superstars. Um, but yeah, no, I was definitely a Queensland kid, and the Cowboys were my team from 1995. Yeah, how would your oldest friend describe you? Ah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure. I probably competitive. Um, my wife's probably my oldest friend at the moment, so she would say competitive, uh, stubborn. And pretty determined. So I'm, I'm, if I want it, if I want something done, I, I make sure it gets done. Um, and I generally go and do it myself. Um, that's that's probably a trait that I've picked up along the way. That you know, if you want if you want something in life, um, if you sit back and, and wait for it, it'll um, it'll never come to you. You've got to get off your backside and, and go and get it. Definitely. What are you most proud of in life and career and all that sort of? Um, I'll probably split them into two, Max. Um, I, I think in life and overall, I'm, I'm most proud of um, my family, um, my, my two kids um, and, and the people that they are becoming. Um, I suppose the person who I am and, and, and the, the morals and standards that I, I hold myself to, I, I'm pretty proud of that. And I think in my career, I'm, I'm proud of what I've been able to achieve and, um, and the way that I've, the way that I got there, Max, it's, um, look, my story, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't the best rugby league player in junior league. I didn't make all the representative sides. And, you know, to be fair, the first time I wore the Maroon Queensland Jersey was playing in front of 52,000 people playing for the, the, in the state of origin. So I never made the rep side when I was growing up and, and just that desire and, um, and working extremely hard to actually make the NRL and to achieve some of the things that I've achieved. I'm, that's probably what I'm most proud of in my career.
Yeah. What position were you playing as a young kid? Still fullback or? Yeah, no, it's it's funny, Max. I, I never played fullback until my NRL debut. That was the first time I ever played in that position, which is quite strange because I went on to play 17 years in the NRL and all of those games were, were at fullback. So um, I was I was in the halves. I was I played 5'8". And finally, I played a little bit of hooker uh, when I was about 15 or 16 as well. But I was always the smallest kid growing up. I was never a big kid in, in the footy teams. Um, so um, I always played, yeah, number seven or number six. Yeah, that's me. I'm tiny. Yeah. What position do you play, Max? Uh, in league, I used to play seven. But now yep. in half, Union, I'm playing halfback as well. Okay. So you can decide when to get tackled when you've got the number much. seven on the back. Pretty much. <laughs> How do you handle hard times, like when you came back from that big shoulder injury? Yeah, yeah probably one of the toughest uh, mental challenges I, I had to go through. Obviously, physically, I was injured, and, and that was a, a challenge in itself. But, yeah, to come back from reoccurring shoulder injury, so I, I got operated on in 2015, and that ended my season, and, um, and I rehabilitated it for seven months, and did all that hard work and then I played one game and I knew something wasn't right. So I went back and got it re-scanned and um, it turned out that I had to get another operation. So it put me out for another season. Um, that was that was quite tough. Uh, like I said, not just physically, but, but mentally to get over that and um, to push through. So to get through hard times, I, I suppose the more hard times you go through, the more resilient you become. Um, and going through that stuff, going through the salary cap stuff down in Melbourne, um, even what we're going through now, mate, it's, um, you know, these times actually build character in you. And I feel that, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been through some tough times and, and that's actually made me a, a stronger and more resilient person. So, um, yeah, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Got that in my room, that slogan. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, I've had a couple myself with just some other st- just some stuff that's happened. Yeah, um, how do you get through your tough times, mate? What, uh, what are you focusing on? Knowing that I'll be out there soon, pretty much, because I play every sport, just knowing, yeah. just trying to put in the hard work once everything happens, once everything finishes. Yeah, well, we look at what we're going through at the moment with the, the health crisis and everything, but, yeah. you know, it's not going to last. You know, it's not going to be around forever, so... You know, we, we get on with things and use it to our advantage. What are some positive things? Do some more podcasts. And, um, you know, here we are sitting yeah. sitting at home in, in our uh, lounge rooms and we'll, we'll be able to put together this um, bit of entertainment for people. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Was it hard moving from Brisbane to go up to Melbourne? I mean, uh, down from uh, where you lived? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, it was. Yeah, I, I did spend a couple of years in Brisbane before I came to Melbourne. Um, so my, my story goes, I was, I was 17. I left school and I went down and worked for Gay Waterhouse when I was 16 yeah. and I spent six months down there and, and then I went back up to Innisfail and started playing footy again and then I, I decided I wanted to give football a crack and so I drove from Innisfail to Brisbane and it was about a 20-hour drive. Anyway, I got down to Brisbane and I just, I just got an opportunity to play under-19 Colts for the Brisbane Norse and Brisbane Norse at the time were a feeder club for the Melbourne Storm. So... It was, um, 
yeah, it was just, I just fell on my feet. I, I played in a team with Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk um, because they were already scholarship with the Melbourne Storm. And um, six months later, I, I found myself with a contract in front of me to play for the Melbourne Storm. And, and um, obviously being a kid that just dreamt of playing in the NRL, I jumped at the chance. And, and then I got an opportunity to go down to Melbourne and train in the preseason. So to answer your question, it, it was really easy for me to move from Brisbane to to Melbourne um, purely because I, I just wanted an opportunity and I would have went anywhere. I didn't really care where I went, but I got an opportunity at Melbourne to train in the preseason and it was Craig Bellamy's first preseason down in Melbourne. And I just stayed down here, um, played the NRL game one um, round one that year. And um, yeah, so I was living a dream, Max. It was, yeah. it was certainly not a chore or um, I probably got a little bit grounded, by moving out of home when I was 16 to work with the horses and then I went back home. So I already had that taste of, um, of leaving home and, and living away from my family. Yeah. Also with the horses, how's your love for horses grown through this? It's, um, uh, it probably started with my grandfather and it, it's funny. We're talking, I, I, I was just up at the stables. We, we live on 20 acres just outside of Melbourne now. And uh, we moved in last year and, it's, it's something that I've always wanted to live on acreage. Um, I've always been around horses. And my grandfather started that passion for me. I used to go riding with him um, out on the properties and all that sort of stuff. And um, I'm just doing up his saddle, his old saddle. So uh, my grandfather, his name was Bill Slater. He's passed away now, but um, he gave me this old stock saddle. And um, I'm just um, doing it up. And yeah, so I was just doing that this morning. Um, but yeah, that's probably where it started. And and then I got my own pony, uh, ex-racehorse, started doing show jumping and pony club. I actually met my wife um, at pony club um, back in the day. And yeah, so she's, um, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. And um, yeah, horses and rugby league are, are my two big passions. And I'm very lucky that I've been able to, you know, live and work in both those industries. Yeah, I've seen your Move with Billy Slater program as well on Instagram. Oh, that, that. That's a, yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just something that well, we, we see, we see there's a, a, a great opportunity to get people as fit and as healthy as possible. And, and we've got this, um, this program and it's, and it's all about body weight exercises and anyone, anywhere, anytime can, can do these exercises. You don't need any equipment. Uh, the only equipment I say you need is a, is a good attitude. So um, if you've got one of them, um, yeah, we've just got, we've got an app, we've got programs on our social media that we're, we're pushing out while everyone's at home through this, uh, pandemic that we're going through and people can get as fit and as healthy as possible, but yeah, something else to, to do. And, uh, do you, do you enjoy working out? Have you done a program? Yeah, yet? I've done one of them. I've done a couple. Oh, have you? They're good. Good on you, mate. Good on you. Also, you've got the planking competition out now. I do With have, that. yeah, so we thought we'd have a bit of fun <laughs> yeah. with it and, um, yeah, so plank, basically, you've got to get on your elbows and your feet and you're in it like a, like a push-up position, but yeah. on your elbows and, um, and see how long you can hold it for. So we're actually asking people to get on their social media, put up a, a post of, their, of them planking and, um, and see if they can, yeah. Who, the winner, actually, we're going to pick someone and they're going to take on myself in a live yeah. contest and see who can plank for the longest. And yeah. I don't know, I haven't been training all that much, so I'm a little bit nervous. I, I hope someone uh, doesn't just outdo me and puts me to shame, but um, oh, that's, it's a bit of fun and just trying to create some interest and yeah. some fun around fitness. Yeah, I'll be watching it. 
Are you going to apply, Max? Oh, are you in or not? Yeah, sure. Have a go. <laughs> I'll be look. I'll, I'll be. I'll be looking forward to seeing your post. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a go. Why'd you start that move with Billy Slater program as well? Yeah, yeah, basically just to to help people get get fit. We've got a um, yeah, a, a pretty bad obesity you know issue in Australia, and, and it's, it's worldwide. And you know, I just see an opportunity to to build healthy habits and routine in people's lives. Um, you know, this is it's not it's not a quick fix. Um, go and do this for two weeks, and you'll be all better. It, it, it's about just building these routines into people's lives, and we've got an app that that gives people a daily workout program. Um, it's, it's fresh every day, it's a different program. Um, we've got a nutritionist to help with um, nutrition guidelines. And yeah, it's just about giving people access to what I've been given over the last 20 years of my professional career. And, and that's guidance and, and education around being healthy and fit. Yeah, that's, because there's a couple of them on Instagram. I, I do your stretching one quite a bit before I do stuff. Like from that, oh, I've seen little, that one. Yeah, well, that was just off the top one. of my head. Yeah, yeah that was just really off the top helpful. Of my head. I, yeah, I, I was just thinking, okay, what can I take people through? And I was say, oh, this is what I used to do before I used to train, before I used to go into a game. And um, yeah, just, and again, it's it's something that is so natural for me that, that sometimes you can just, when you're in a profession, you can just think everyone knows it. Um, but sometimes people, you know, they haven't had the training and the, and the guidance and the education that um, that an elite athletes had, and it's just good to pass on that knowledge sometimes. Yeah, going back to rugby league now, what was it like winning your first premiership? Yeah, it was it was super cool, Max. It was something that uh, like I don't know. I twelve months earlier, um, we actually made the grand final in two thousand and six, and we got beaten by the Brisbane Broncos and. Uh, and it was it can be it can be the best day of your life or it can be the worst day of your life. Sometimes if you lose a grand final, you work so hard and you achieve so much to get to a grand final, but then if you lose, you think, "I wish I didn't even make it." Um, you'd rather nearly finish last on the competition ladder than actually lose a grand final. It's it's that bad. But um, but twelve months later, um, we actually were on the other end of the the field and and we we won the grand final 2007 we beat manly i think 34 points to four and it was just such a good good feeling um to have that last 10 or so minutes of the game know that we have actually won and enjoy and soak up the atmosphere um yeah pretty cool max yeah and then a couple of years later it gets taken away from you how did you handle that part you're not wrong and it's funny today is the is is 10 years to the day that the salary cap um, announcement and news actually come to life. It was, yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've actually had some text messages from, um, from, from people like, like a coach Craig Bellamy and our players and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. This morning. And it's, yeah, it was a, it was a shattering time because individually and collectively as a, as a club and a team, we worked so hard, from 2006 through to 2010, like we had such a successful period. We played in four grand finals in a row. We won two premierships. And to have all that just become undone and basically thrown in the garbage um, in basically two minutes is, 
it, it was it was heartbreaking. Um, really, really tough to to go through that. And um, yeah, it was sort of. But again, like talking of what I had spoke about before, that resilience. If yeah. you know, if if we didn't go through that period, would we be? Would we be the the team and the people that we are today? Uh, I, I feel that 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 has certainly built toughness. It's built togetherness within our the culture of our Melbourne Storm Club. Um, and I, I'm I'm extremely proud to be a member um, of our club. And um, yeah, it's 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 a part of the history. People did the wrong thing, yes, that's for sure. Um, but we got some pretty hefty penalties out of it, and you know we come through the other side. The thing I'm really proud of is in 2011 we won the minor premiership. And that was after we lost 14 players in 2010. And then 2012, we actually won the premiership. So that just put to bed any theory that uh, what was going on in the administration um, actually was the reason why we're a successful club. Yeah. What was it also like, the feeling winning that 2012 premiership after everything yeah. that had just happened? Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah that, was, that was so... Such a good feeling, and and I've been fortunate enough to win to win four grand finals now. Two two are classed as premierships, and two aren't. But I I see them as all the same, and yeah. and it's really hard to replace that feeling of that first premiership. You know what we just spoke about in two thousand and seven. I'd never felt that before, and and to win that first premiership really hard to replace that. Um, the 09 one was was fantastic. We were just on a run. Two thousand and twelve one was really special because of what you just spoke about the. Um, you know the salary cap, and to be to be to still hit that top and be the 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 standard and, and raise the bar, be that be that yardstick of the competition in such a short period of time after after the basically the the cleaners had been through our club. That was so special for our club. And then and then my last premiership in two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, um, I was about to touch on that. That's that yeah. Been, after all your well, that was a different one, wasn't it? Like. Yeah, to come through those injuries and individually, that was that was a really special premiership for for myself and my family. Um, yeah, that yeah to go through two reoccurring shoulder injuries, to miss two seasons, and to come back that year, um, yeah, that was that was that was something I'll never forget. And that feeling and that emotion, my my kids were were ball kids um, running the tee out to Cam and and, and um, the ball and all that sort of stuff. So I, I have a vivid memory of, of uh, walking back from a try in that grand final and high-fiving my children on the field when they're, when they're delivering the tea and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, those memories will stay with me forever. Yeah, they're good memories with that, just yeah. seeing all that happen. 2018, the grand final, we don't need to talk about that. What was the yeah. suspense? Yeah, what about the semi-final, though? When you yeah, almost got well, suspended. I was about to say that. Like 2018, we had another great year. Um, and then I, I announced my retirement. Um, leading into the the, uh, the, the grand final, I, there, was, there was an incident in the prelim final that we're talking about. And, and that was the so-called shoulder charge. It wasn't <laughs> at all. It wasn't. It was that was a, a really hard four days to go through. Like I knew it was my last game, the the grand final, and and then to to have a suspension hanging over my head. I had to fly to Sydney and and uh, or to, before the flight, I had four days. So we played on the Friday night, 
And I didn't get the hearing until the Tuesday, the following Tuesday. So I had four days at home. I was, I can tell you, I was up at like two, three o'clock in the morning, uh, watching video, studying the rules around the tackle and the shoulder charge and all this sort of stuff. And by the time I got to the hearing in Sydney on the, on the Tuesday, I didn't, I didn't need someone to represent me. I, I knew all the rules. I knew exactly what I was thinking of, what my plan was to do in the tackle. And all I did was I just went there and I just stood up and I was just honest. I said, this is exactly what I was trying to do. This happened and that changed things. And um, yeah, but it was a, a really tough week and then a really draining start to the week for me. Um, but then the grand final, the Roosters were too good for us that day. They, they were so physical. And, um, and we all know the, the Cooper Cronk story with, uh, with the broken shoulder. Is he playing? Wasn't he playing? That's what he I was didn't ask. even know. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Was it hard on you guys not knowing if he was going to play or not with game plan and that? It was a little bit, but uh, look, you know, it's a grand final. We were just, our heads were prepared the best we can and give ourselves a good chance of playing well, uh, whether Coop was playing or not. And I, I think I think the way that the Roosters started the game and how physical they were and just the way that they controlled the field position, that helped Cooper. And Cooper, he didn't um, physically do a whole heap in that grand final, but mentally with his communication, um, he just directed his team around. He allowed Luke Keary to take control with the kicking and everything like that. And yeah, he made his tackles when he had to. It was a super performance to come up and and play in such a big game um, with the injury that he had. You know, it'll go down in history as as one of the most heroic efforts. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't um, to be. And like I said before, you lose a grand final, you wish yeah. you never made it. And it was just one of those moments. It was my last game, but you can't have everything, Max. Yeah. Uh, sorry, because uh, I heard Cameron Smith say that he saw Cooper coming out of, what was it, uh, the Roosters' headquarters when he was something like that, when, you got, when he was at the gym or something. And he was yeah. saying about how he knew Cooper was going to play once he came out of that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and knowing Cooper, we know how tough he is. Um, but actually talking to him after after the event, he said that he still didn't know whether he was playing when he was going to the game. Um, and he got these injections in, in his shoulder. Um, he didn't know if they were going to work. And, yeah, just um, got to a point where he had to make a decision and, yeah, he decided to play. But, yeah, we, we didn't really know. We saw him in a sling. We saw him out of the sling. Um, we saw him at training. He wasn't training. So it was uh, one of those, yeah, well-kept secrets that they did well to keep it from us. Yeah. Oh, what a... I remember your last game of State of Origin as well. I was at the game in Queensland. That was a good one. Yeah. It was, it was a good one. Um, for a captain few as well. Yeah, and that, that was one of them. Um, yeah, I, I've never really seen myself or desired to be the captain of any team. Uh, I've always seen myself as a leader. Um, that was some, that's something that I've always, um, you know, classed myself as in my position in, in a team. Um, but, but I've always had Cameron Smith in, in my side and um, he's always just been the captain. Um, and to be actually, actually had the opportunity to lead the, uh, the, the Maroons out onto Suncorp Stadium, that was, uh, that was pretty special. And, um, and that year we were down 2-0 in the series. Yeah, we lost the series. Annoying. And um, 
it, it's, it was a really important victory for us and, and not because I was captain or, or it was my last origin or anything like that, but because of the side that we had, we had such a young side. There was no Cameron Smith, no Cooper Cronk, Jonathan Thurston, Greg Inglis, Matt Scott, all these legends of, of origin that have just gone on to be so successful in that arena for such a long dynasty. period of time. The, the dynasty, yeah, yeah, that was that was over, and um, it was such an important. It was, it was important to me to go out and help these young guys learn how to win in that arena, and for them to feel that winning feeling, even though the series was gone, that celebration in the shed. That's what you remember, and that's what drives as Queenslanders to go out and and give more, and and hopefully, that little taste of victory can spur them on to to get our shield back. Yeah. Also, with the first game of that series, with you not playing, did you? How long until you? Wait. How many days out did you know you weren't going to play? Sort of thing. Yeah. That that was um that was a hamstring injury and because yeah, um, it was at your home ground as well in Melbourne. Yeah, it was in Melbourne. MCG, yeah, you're but, right. I tell you what happened then. I I went in. I I had a little tear in my hamstring and um I had a few weeks off at Clubland. And then I went into camp and I managed my hamstring all the way up until the Sunday. So we got into camp on the Tuesday and it was a Sunday before the Wednesday origin. And we had our big training session. And me being me, I didn't want to hold back. And looking back, I probably should have, I should have held myself up a little bit. I shouldn't have went full on, but I did. I trained hard. I thought I'm going to put myself through the test and, and see if I can withstand it. Um, and then on the Monday morning, I was um, I was a little bit sore again, and I was like, "No, nah, I can't play. I, I can't go out there and let the team down." So I made a decision then, two days out from the Origin, um, that I wasn't going to play. And yeah, it was it was a tough one because, you know, we had to reshuffle our team around, and the boys did a great job. They nearly come up with the victory, um, but yeah, we would, yeah, we just couldn't get there that time. Yeah. What about the World Cup the year before that as well? Knowing that that would have been your last test as well, a World Cup win. Yeah. You obviously yeah, wouldn't have known that at the time, but still, kind of, it would have yeah, been nice to go out. It was, was still nice to go out on that. It was pretty good. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to play in the, um, in the World Cup in 2013. Also, the 2008 World Cup, which, yeah. which New Zealand beat us in the final. Um, but, yeah. To play in 2017, like 2017 was a huge year for myself. Like we spoke about before, I come back from those two shoulder injuries and won a and the, won the premiership. Yeah, almost, uh, Origin, Premiership, and World Cup. I tell you what, uh, pretty good year. would have been a great year to finish up on. But um, but I wasn't ready to retire then. Yeah. I, you know, you know, I don't know. People say you 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 know when you're ready, and and I just wasn't ready. I'd I'd given up two years of of the game through injury, and I I, I wanted to keep playing. And, um, that drove me to, to keep playing, but yeah, that was a that was a special special victory. We played England in the in the final, and I've never been beaten by England in in my Test career. And Would have been pretty confident then. That was yeah, but that was as close as they've come. It was six nil, I think we ended up winning the game, but or four nil or something like that. And and they they were they were as tough a team as as I've played at Test level. Um, that was a that was that was a tough game. Yeah. Still, at least went out on a win, though. World Cup win in Test. I thought you were going to play the Test at the end of the year for Australia in 18. Oh, in 2018, yeah. Actually, Mel asked me to play. He, he asked me if I wanted to play. And, um, 
And I said, no, I'm done. I'm done. Um, someone else's turn to, James to take those reins. And yeah. Wasn't yeah, playing bad, James was he? Still, we've got some great fullbacks in our game, don't we? We've got James Tedesco, uh, Tom Trevojevic, Val Holmes. Latrell now. Kalen Potter. Yeah, Kalen Latrell. Even the other that I work with down here at the Melbourne Storm. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, Pappenhausen. So, yeah, there's some... some Great players, and, and there's always been great talent playing in that position. You know, even when I was coming through, the Matt Bowens and Carmichael Hunts and the like have have always pushed me to, to become better. Yeah. Oh, just who was the worst teammate to room with through your career, and why? <laughs> um, I've had some pretty good roommates. I've had. Uh, I started off with with Matt King. Matt King was my first roommate. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a funny room. And Michael Crocker. Oh, yeah. And Will Chambers. I, I can't really say that they're bad roommates. So, um, yeah, no, all good roommates. Uh, ben Teo was a roommate of mine in, in Origin Camp one year. And um, I found myself putting coconut oil on his back. So, <laughs> I don't know if I'd, uh, I'd, I'd like to room with Ben Teo again. <laughs> no, but he was, he was good too. So, yeah, no, all good roommates, mate. What's your role with St Kilda now as well? Yeah, so do a little bit of leadership and, and defence stuff down at St Kilda. Um, yeah, just trying to work on work on the culture of, of the organisation and uh, trying to instil some, some, a successful environment for the players. Um, yeah, they, they, they're doing really well. They work really hard down there. They've, they've got a, quite a youthful group, uh, a lot of talent and... Yeah, just building that consistency within their game. Um, you know, I come from an organisation with with the Melbourne Storm and, and also Queensland that that are just used to winning and have that successful culture in, in them, um, ingrained in them. And you know, look, St Kilda haven't won a premiership. You know, it's it's been a long, long time now. Back in the sixties was a, the the one and only premiership that St Kilda have won. So, yeah, just trying to raise the expectation of of individuals of the team. And of the club, so um, yeah, no, doing doing a whole lot of good things down there, and um, yeah, hopefully they can have a little bit of success yeah. soon. Were you ever close to leaving the storm? No, no, never, never. I, I'd always extended my contracts rather than I come off contract and explore my options. I I was always happy to stay here, and for a couple of reasons. I knew I was at the best club. I knew I was at the club that I was going to play my best football. Um, had great players around me, but also I felt this sense of loyalty, and uh, you know, I, I I didn't really want to go anywhere else because Melbourne gave me my first opportunity, and to see a lot of my teammates um, have to leave due to restrictions in the salary cap and all that sort of stuff, I, I felt one of the lucky ones that I had the opportunity to stay. Yeah. You'd stay because of that as well, though, because they actually kept you instead of, wait, like, you know what I well, mean? Well, that, that's it, yeah. Away. Exactly. Okay. What's your favourite thing outside of rugby? I know because you, you've got your Move with Billy Slater program, your horses, yep. obviously, yep. all that. Um, oh, yeah, probably my horses. Um, the horse, I, I just I just love the... Yeah, you know, the horse. Yeah, you know, really. Yeah, I'm in the the racing industry. I, I breed some race horses and that. But yeah, just the horse in general is such a, a powerful animal, and and we can learn so much from the horse. Um, you know, we learn respect, we learn leadership, 
uh, we learn patience. And if, if you're around a horse for long enough and, and well, you're with horses, you're not on social media either. That's yeah. probably one thing that, uh, that helps. And you just build that connection with, with nature and um, yeah, really enjoy that. Enjoy spending time with my family and we go riding together and, and do all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, great pastime. Yeah. How's it been commentating at Channel 9 for the last year and a bit? Yeah, really good. Um, I've got a really good uh, team morale around Channel 9. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's obviously starts starts with uh, Simon Fordham, our, our head of uh, NRL at 9, and, and it filters down through through the commentary team. And a lot of the commentators that have been involved in footy clubs, you know, Andrew Johns, uh, Brad Fittler, Gus Gould, and and the likes, and now we've got, uh, you know, Fatty Vorton. We've got JT and Sam Thide, Paul Gallon. So, so we've really got that that team feel around the place, and it's great. And you know, we, we work really well with uh, with uh, the commentators in, in Ray Warren, even um, James Bracey and, and Aaron Mullen, the the hosts. They they do a fantastic job. So I'm really enjoying my time at nine, and I still get my footy fix. I get to um, express what I'm seeing and and commentating on the game, which is great because, again, I I see things and and it's just it's natural for me because I've been studying it for the last twenty years and uh, it's great to pass on that knowledge and and have people at home watching the game that that have just as much passion for the game as me understand it the way a player does. Yeah. Are you doing any like coaching down at Melbourne for like Ryan Puppenhouse and the fullbacks coming through and the young people? Yeah, I, I do a little bit. I, I do about a day a week down at the Storm. And um, yeah, mostly it's around helping the fullbacks and our, our ball players. Um, I do a little bit of stuff with our attack. But to be honest, I, I'm a Melbourne Storm person and I go in there with the attitude with if I can help anyone in this organisation in any area of their game, um, I'm happy to, to spend time with that. So, um, yeah, I, I do a bit with our back three and work on our positioning and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, I go in there with an attitude of, of just trying to help develop our footy team and, and make us a better club. Who would win in a race, Josh Adokar or a prime Billy Slater? Ah, <laughs> that's an easy question. The fox would towel me up. <laughs> I, might, I might be close over about 30 metres. Um, I've got good gate speed, but, um, but the fox is, he's proper fast. And uh, yeah, he would, I, I don't know if anyone in the NRL would catch Josh, a fresh Josh Adokar over 100 metres. You've you got the likes of um, James Roberts and, and some super speedsters in our game, but. Sevo. Yeah. My money would be on Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Say you. Me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting too old now too, mate. <laughs> oh, what else is there? Ah, oh. thanks for coming on today, Billy. No worries, Max. It's been a uh, it's been a great podcast. I've I've actually really enjoyed it, mate. I've thanks. enjoyed having the conversation with you, and I love your jersey that you've worn today. Um, <laughs> so. Good on you, mate. Thanks for Thanks, having Billy. me. So that was Billy Slater, the best fullback of all time, in my opinion. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Go follow me on Instagram at MG Talk Sports and also go subscribe to my YouTube channel, MG Talk Sports. Hope you guys enjoyed. See you in the next one.